That's the way to start a message on joy, isn't it? Absolutely, just get your tongue or tied. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Yeah, you're five people. That's great. Okay, well, I hope maybe after the service you'll be a little bit better. If not, um, talk to somebody else. <laughs> oh, dear. Let me just get a few things ready here. Here we go. That's... I'm good, thank you. Who said that? Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. We really acknowledge just as we've been singing that it's an absolute pleasure and privilege to be together and to take this moment in. So, Father, thank you that we can just be reminded about who you are in the midst of our trials and our troubles and our tribulations and adversities that you are one we can lean on, we can trust in, and we thank you for that. And we are not alone. And we thank you for your promise. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, even before COVID, I would, I'm one that likes to sit at a cafe and watch people. Oh, I'll put this one on. Thank you. And hello to those online as well. Thank you. Let's take a few moments to talk to yourselves. Here we go. We're all on. The green light's on. And I'm, I was really aware that sometimes uh, people just don't seem so, so happy. And I think even now during COVID, it's, it's even sort of added to the anxiety and the fear and the uncertainty of life. And there's this real sense where we can get so caught up with that that we can miss out on what maybe God is saying in the midst of it. And that's not God's plan for us to be caught up in the things that go on in the world. In fact, we're not... You know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so can I encourage you in the next few moments just to think about how this message may be able to be applied to your lives. So Father, we pray in this sense, Lord, too, that you would just stir our hearts this morning and that we would receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to speak about joy. And in this Advent time, uh, as we're leading up to Christmas, there, it's Joy is a big topic, it's a big subject, and I would encourage you to just look up the verses and the scriptures in the Bible that talk about joy. But what we do understand is that joy uh, is revealed to us in a magnificent way through the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. So we're going to look at that, and Luke, as a doctor, as a man of science, he really likes to get the details really accurate and, and clear. And so as he, he writes a few thoughts down, we're going to read from them and just begin to just unpack this for you. So Luke 2, verses, just, just a few verses, starting from verse 8. Now there were shepherds uh, nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over the flock at night. Very interesting when you research about the shepherds. They weren't really nice people to be around. and Apparently they were quite rough and hooligan. Okay, and, now, and particularly those who worked at night shift, okay? And so I was thinking about uh, different areas of work, but we often think of the, the shepherds being uh, very nice and a bit like Jesus. Well, not, not always the case. And so these guys are probably the last people you would think that God would want to turn up and say hello to. And so this is what happens. And so an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, initially, not the glory of them, or, or their, their presence, but the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, listen carefully. 
Did you know that when I, I looked this up, that every time an angel appears, the angel, angel is announcing change. And what happens when we hear change? We fear. Not only their presence, but what the change may impact on us. So many times, nine out of ten times, when an angel appears, the angel has to say, don't be afraid. It's okay. But announcing something new is happening. So the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Verse 11, today your saviour is born in the city of David, your personal he is the Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth and laying in the manger. Suddenly a vast heavenly army, this heavenly host, appeared with the angel. This is a boom, it's there. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom God, he is pleased. This is a very powerful portion of scripture and I encourage you just to meditate over the week and just ask the Lord to reveal something to you. But what I want to just share this morning with you and a few thoughts that we have together and the time that we have, this is a joyful message. This is a message and announcement of the Saviour. Today is the day. In fact, in verse 11, we see three titles that are mentioned nowhere else in the New Testament. We see the title Saviour, Christ and Lord appear in this combination. And they highlight mission, royalty, and authority. And this is the declaration, this is the proclamation that is being shared. If Christmas has any meaning, any focus, about, it is about Christ, it is about joy. I'm a bit dry in the throat, excuse me. And so... We're at a time where we're able to celebrate the Saviour. So this is written for those who would believe, those who would turn, those who would receive this message with great joy. As I said, when I look around, I see a lot of joy lacking. Life, pressures, demands, troubles, schedules, the hassles, particularly right now, Christmas, we're all getting that way, thinking about who we're getting to meet with, family, organising schedules, plane trips, all that sort of thing just adds to the whole feel of it. It is a season that has certainly been challenging now and, and in the future. Uh, how to be with loved ones, where are they, how do we get together? And we heard that this morning just with the, in Victoria with the hospital situation. So here's a couple of thoughts I want to share with you about how should we be joyful or why should we even be joyful and I'll close that with that at the end. Number one, great joy has arrived. This is really special. This should make your heart glad. Our heart should be glad just reading that. Joy, great joy has arrived. This is because we were made for God. We were made to be loved and to love. This is an amazing portion of scripture that we begin to understand that joy has arrived. The good news, but the great news that Jesus is here. He loves us. This needs to be celebrated. In the season to be jolly, to express great joy, Jesus came to the earth to save us. This is his presence on earth right now that the angels were announcing and that we are 
celebrating together. Great joy has arrived. We can complicate things, but this is it. This is simple. The birth of Jesus marks one of the greatest days in history. When God came to our neighbourhood, to our street, to our home, to our hearts, to save us, to love on us. And for that, we are truly thankful, as the songs declared. Today, your Saviour is born in the city of David. He is the Christ, the Lord. Can we be encouraged to be reminded how much God loves us? Great joy has arrived. But there's more. Number two, great joy is alive. Why? Because God himself is the expression, personified joy. God himself is joyful. He's a joyful God. So I know some of you may think that God is a gloomy judge in the sky glaring down at us, waving his finger or his rod with a big beard. No, wrong image. No. God sent his son to come, to take on flesh, because he wanted us to experience his joy, the joy of God, God's presence. In fact, we learn that he is a rejoicing redeemer. Have you ever stopped to consider how much God's plan for your life is that you would experience joy? Eternal joy, in fact. Dallas Willard says this, God is the most joyous being in the universe. We'll look at that a little bit later. Joy has become personal, relatable, like never before. And we learned this in Galatians 5.22, and there's many scriptures, about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and it's speaking in the, in the, um, parallel, uh, the uh, translation that says, speaking on behalf of God, it says, but the fruit I produce by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. It is joy that overflows. In Matthew 25, Jesus is speaking and he talks about the story about these guys who are serving the master and they're given talents. And he focuses on the master's response to those, how they lived. And in Matthew 25, 23, he says, His master said to them, Well done, good and faithful slave. For you are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Did you read that? Did you see that? When they finished working, the master says, Share in my joy. Share in my joy. This is the invitation of Christmas and of Christ. God welcomes us to share in his joy because of the gospel, because of the good news. It is a story about all the reasons why we should celebrate with a joyful heart a God who is joyful. I don't know if you've ever considered God to be joyful. Maybe the Ten Commandments ruin it for you. Maybe it's all these do's and don'ts and touch and don't do this and don't do that, but it's never been that way. The Ten Commandments were a way or a means that God would be able to relate with us, to have relationship with us, because he's so holy. He's so wonderful. And that's his invitation. 
The third point is great joy thrives when we abide. We learned a little bit just before, as Helen was sharing. Because God is a source of joy. As I said, He is joy personified. To know Him is to know joy. To love Him is to love Him and know love and to know joy. And it's an invitation for joy to enter into our hearts. Knowing Jesus is knowing joy. In John 15, we could look at this in time and I encourage you to, to read this, but Jesus says this to his disciples. I've told you these things. He's given them commands to love God and to pour your life into the things of God. He says, I've told you these things so that you may be filled with joy. Yes, that your joy would overflow. How good is that? There's more, John 17, 1 John 1. There's so many verses here. In fact, each point, we could spend a whole Sunday just on one point. We could spend six, seven weeks on this, clearly. So what is joy? We're learning that it is God. But let's have a look. Jesus looked at joy a little differently to you and I. Firstly, we want to deal with something about happiness. Happiness is a byproduct of what happens to us. It's a byproduct of our life. Our, it's not our goal, but it's simply the by and by of our walk with Jesus. And happiness mostly depends on what happens to us. So if you have a good day or the weather's great or it's not good, it, it affects our moods. There's other things in that. So happiness is founded on how we feel. Romans 5.5, 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 challenges us, however, to always be happy, to always be joyful. Because joy, I believe, is not only physical, but it's spiritual. See, God is interested in our lives being marked by an inner joy. The Bible talks a lot about joy, and the Greek word for joy is kara. And this joy means much more than happiness or the enjoyment or the fun of the moment. The literal translation means living in awareness of grace and favour. We heard that shared this morning. How can we be thankful? How can we be happy when things happen to us that, when, that are not good? When they're unpleasant and they're painful? Well, it's quite difficult to be happy. And many of you experience times where it's just not a happy day, not a happy moment. We get news, we, we hear something, we, our hearts sink. Our hearts fail. But rather, God would want us to be aware of this living awareness of his grace and his favour. In other words, joy is grace recognised and lived out. This is joy. This is spiritual. One quote I, I've shared for many years over this is, joy is an essentially an inner state of the heart. So excited, so sure, so certain of God and his promises no matter what. How do we get to that place? Where joy is an attitude, a posture, a position, a place and a person. In fact, it is Jesus. See, happiness is what happens to you. Joy is what happens in you. It's in here. 
And many of us have experienced times and situations we're not happy about. They're unpleasant. And in that moment, we can be, let's be real, we're not happy. You know what I mean? Sometimes I, I talk to people and, and the, their world's falling apart and, and how you going? And they go, oh, everything's awesome. Everything's awesome. I think, well, there's it's a little bit of reality check here. Is it really awesome? Are you just saying that to have a, a pseudo effect of, of being positive? I don't know. But I want to ask you this from the bottom of my heart. The joy is a work, a deep work of God amidst hardship and trials and challenges. James tells us not why we have problems and why we have these trials. He just says that when you get them, he tells us how to behave in the midst of them. Consider joy. Consider joy. Consider in that moment what joy looks like. Paul, Peter Master, sorry, in his book, The Personal Spiritual Life, one of the books I'm reading at the moment, says this, spiritual joy is a deep cheerfulness and of heart. It includes an amazing thankfulness, anticipation and a calm spirit. It comes from a direct result of knowing Jesus and this leads us to grace. There's that thought, grace and favour, living in our lives. Let's take a moment to remember what grace is. Remember that God owes us nothing. We owe him everything. And yet he has given us everything. He has given us an announcement of this saviour, this great grace that's given to each one of us, this great joy. See, grace is his ability in place of my inability. And we've been looking at that over the last number of weeks in the UB News. Remember that all my sins and my wrongdoings were removed. And in replacement, I've been lifted up in a high place with God himself. Far from punishment. And I've received the Holy Spirit of God, who is the deepest source of joy we could know. Connecting to God brings joy. It's an internal reality. And so I can be unhappy because the stuff going on around about me is not great. But this bizarre sense I have joy inside me. Because I know that no matter what goes on, God loves me. And no matter what the dictates of the situation or the moment say, I know that God loves me. He's proven it. I know I'm loved. And so the people who have rejected me and hated me and despised me and have said this or that, it doesn't matter. It only matters what he says. So there's mess all around me. How do I walk through this? But I know that I can walk with my Saviour, my God. Great joy. Number four is this. I wondered if I was going to share this last part, but I, I thought I will. I will. Great joy can be revived. What can we do to increase joy? Here are some responses that you and I can do. Joy is encountering Jesus daily. It's choosing Jesus. 
We even sang it in the songs. Psalm 16, 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. So when we're feeling it and we're feeling like we're not got that joy, that's really there, but we're just not happy. Then maybe we just pause and we just get away from the distractions and everything where we can, and we just settle. When I was at work, I couldn't do that. I had to go to the toilet and have my time of prayer. (laughs) Jesus wants us to encounter him every day. In Acts 2.28 speaks about the disciples working in this sense of complete joy. There's another thought. Joy is the overflow of the promises of God. We read and we've learned about Mary. But what does Mary do when she discovers that God has called her? That God has reached out and said, Mary, you are favoured. And this joy starts to well up. Well, we read it in, in the previous chapter, chapter 1, verse 47. Mary sings the song. And she says, my spirit finds joy in God my Saviour. Wow. In Acts 13, 52, it says, disciples continued at Antioch full of joy of the Holy Spirit. Even in the midst of all that's going on, we know that his promises are a reminder that we are favoured, we are strengthened, we are encouraged. Another way that we can grow and revive this joy is when we focus on living like Jesus. Jesus had a party and invited people. He was a people's people, a people's person. Many scriptures here, but in Nehemiah 8.10 it says this, don't be sad about what's going on, but focus on the joy of the Lord because it is your strength. Joy gives us strength, not happiness. Happiness makes us feel good, but joy strengthens us inside. So when things go wrong and things don't make sense and we don't understand and we're not feeling happy, deep down there's a joy because I know. Remember the song? I got this joy, joy down in my heart. Remember, I think it's a children's song, isn't it? It's more. But we've taken that and we've claimed it as our own. Remember that song, I've got that joy down deep in my heart. Deep, 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 deep. How deep? How low? Deep in my heart. I know there's different versions. That's the Louis version. Sorry about that. Joy is experienced when we're living in worship to Jesus. It is released. This is the source of joy. Isolation is soul-breaking. That's what we've learned over the last few years where there's been isolation. That's why many feel that prisons, in fact, don't work because of the isolation factor. It actually can make things worse. Anyway, I'm not getting into that. Just saying, there's some of the data out there, some of the conversations. Isolation, in a sense, is to break the soul. So in the midst of trials and hardships and adversity, we're reminded and to remind ourselves of God's life in us, his joy in us, his constant presence of joy that lifts us, that loves us, and that strengthens us. And 1 Peter 
chapter 1 and verse 4, Peter speaks about this joy that is unspeakable. It's hard to describe what it is. So hard, it's hard to describe. I want to just close with this last little part here of joy experienced in worship. You see in the slide there, I've got a different slide here. But when we're doing things we shouldn't do, when we're saying things that we shouldn't say, when we're being things that God hasn't called us to be, there will be a lack of joy. In fact, I was reading that the first thing the Holy Spirit does when he works in our hearts and lives is not to have this manifest sense of joy, but to have this manifest sense of repentance, of, of, of understanding what, what is trans, transpiring, is taking place. Because only then can we know that we need a saviour. And only then can we experience joy, the joy that the Bible speaks about. I've seen people walk through some horrific situations, just wondering how, how they do this. And I look at them and I, and I want to learn. And what I'm still learning is that they're not happy about the situation. They're not, oh, praise God. Praise God that I've got so many problems. Oh, I feel so blessed. No. They're praising God in it because his joy is there. His presence is there. His wonder is there. They're meeting with him. It's amazing. The stories I could share of our own battles, the stories of God just turning up in the midst of that. David, when he sinned, what happened? David, when he sinned, he came to this place and said, oh God, I've, I've wronged you. I've, I've messed up really bad. And David prays in Psalm 51 and he says, God, restore to me the joy your salvation. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at everything wrong. And the only way we can experience joy is when we fully realise who God is in the midst of what is going on. We are God's joy. Think about that. You are God's joy. I love this quote, and I mentioned this before by Dallas Willard. He says this, we should first think that God leads a very interesting life, and that he is full of joy. Undoubtedly, he is the most joyous being in the universe. The abundance of his love and generosity is inseparable from his infinite joy. All of the good and beautiful things from which we occasionally drink tiny droplets of soul, exhilarating joy, God continuously experiences all in their breath and death and richness. God is joyful. To experience God is to experience joy. So everyone's chasing happiness. Everyone's chasing the delights of this world, the pleasures that, are, that we feel and see and taste and know. Back to the Garden of Eden. But God says, you had all that with me and much more. You had the purity of that joy in knowing me and being in the garden. 
When I think about joy to the world, I'm thinking about how awesome it is to be loved by God. It is the highest and deepest relationship you and I can ever experience. Here's some questions for you. Did you know that God planned for you to have fullness of joy? What would fullness of joy look like right now in your life? How would you describe it? How can you retake joy maybe that's been missing? In Laura, and less and less. And do you believe God is a God of joy? And the little spiritual outworkings of the Holy Spirit, his spirit, those fruit will produce joy in you. Do you believe that? If, if joy is grace recognised and lived out, can you identify the effects of grace on your life today? I can. I can. And discover joy as a result of this right focus. Christmas has announced to the shepherds, good news and great joy is now revealed. Before those even saw the Saviour, the word was proclaimed. It is of great joy. And I look around and there are people out there looking for this great joy. They have yet to find it. While we can love, we experience his love. It's a whole different plane. We can experience happiness. We experience joy. But I believe personally, my personal belief, is I really believe that joy is really set to those who know God. That's my personal belief. may be wrong on that. Because I believe that when we encounter God and we meet our Creator, that nothing else can create that joy. Nothing. And that's our goal is at Christmas is to remind people while they're singing the songs about great joy that we pray that they encounter and know that joy. So Christmas can be a great reminder that we have great reason to rejoice, a great cause to celebrate, and that we have a great motivation in which to be joyful. So becoming more like Jesus, growing to know God more deeply, means learning to be more joyful. We're going to close. Heavenly Father, that you chose us, that you called us by name, who had ever thought? That you have loved on us so much. That you adore us. That you sent your only son to give us life. To give us good news and great joy. And Lord, at times, I have to admit, I'm not always thinking about this great joy. I'm thinking about a lot of other things. I think we all are. And I pray, Lord, you would take us back to this place of great joy. Take us to this place where we can sit and soak and wait and just hear again and just know again, just encounter again who you truly are. Help us. Father, we're sorry when we've, we've gone our way. We've done our thing. We thought our plan was right and perfect. But we forgot to ask you 
So lead us in this season. And may we be carriers of this great joy to the people that we see and administer to, have conversation with or a couple with. May this great joy be not only seen, but may it be felt. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said,